Coming to you from the megacity metropolis of Toronto, this is the Cave of Solitude, your pop culture and comic book podcast. I'm your host, Eric Anthony, and this is episode 338. Bada bing, bada boom. Shane Heron, we're making history, fella. This is the first Seinfeld Chronicles episode where we started off by having babka, Mm -hmm. which was delicious, by the way. And for the record, the cinnamon babka babka is no lesser babka. No, I mean, the chocolate is good, but I I don't think it's, but I cheat. I add extra stuff to the cinnamon babka. What do you add to the cinnamon babka? Candied walnuts and uh, raisins, which some people don't like raisins. I love raisins and stuff. You know what? It made a difference. It was delicious. Yeah, I think if you get a true cinnamon babka, it's just sort of cinnamon. Ten giddy-ups for your babka. All right, I'll, I'll there you that. <laughs> uh, everybody that's listening, thanks for tuning in to the uh, another episode of the Seinfeld Chronicles that we do on the Cave of Solitude. Uh, this one, we are getting into the Chinese restaurant. It yes. is, we're rounding that corner where we're going to get into like 10 out of 10 episodes, I feel. It's, it's about to happen. Oh, yeah. We're almost done season two. This is, in my opinion, the highlight of season two. Are you surprised that we're almost at season three? Did you think we would go this far? Did no, think- I'm not surprised. I'm, I'm excited. I know it's taking so long. And I, I, but we're doing it. We're doing it. We're definitely there. We're doing it. I'm glad we combined <laughs> season one episodes and did two per episode because get through it quicker. Not good. Yeah, season three is really good. Is it weird doing this without a computer screen? No. <laughs> You mean without having like a Wikipedia page in front of me or whatever? That's true. We got to look up our. Do you got your synopsis ready for the Chinese restaurant? I don't have the synopsis ready, but I. I mean, I this episode up. I know a lot about, so I'm pretty pretty excited to, to talk about it. You you when you guys do your trivia for the yeah. tournaments, you guys take seasons, right? Like sections where you're covered. And you had to do one time. I remember you telling me like I got to go through season one and three because I'm not familiar with it. Yeah, we would take turns. So there's four guys on the team. We would split it so that one person would take seasons one to three because two and one are shorter. And then someone would do four, five. Someone would do six, seven. Someone would do eight, nine. And you just, you, for that month before trivia, you have to know those episodes inside out. But I think I'm, I'm honestly, for the trivia now, I'm so confident. I think I know every episode. I just watched two episodes with you, and I think you knew the whole script. Yeah, that's pretty. It's getting pretty mental. Like, <laughs> is that what you do to your girlfriend? She hates it. I read the scripts to go to bed. Like, I read literally the scripts because I need to. I need to know it. You gotta. Yeah. You, you should flip it into something. You should turn this into a comic book of some sort. The story you told me today about going <laughs> to the movies with your brother. Oh my god. Was. A fantastic sitcom episode. It really would be. It was so annoying. But do you realize how funny it is when you retell <laughs> it every time? Yeah, I don't know. I, I told it to my girlfriend and I told it to you. It's pretty funny, I guess. It was hilarious. I was. It's funnier now. The day it happened, I was so annoyed. I wanted to murder everybody. But that's. I think that's where the humor <laughs> comes from, right? One bad yeah. day makes everyone else laugh at yeah. you. No, you should flip it into a comic because it was very Seinfeld-like. <laughs> I think your life is manifesting itself into <laughs> a Seinfeld. So. Um, but the Chinese restaurant you've been excited for. I remember you saying, I can't wait till we get to the Chinese restaurant. I would say the f- the Chinese restaurant is the first great episode of Seinfeld. 
We we liked. I think that we said for the pony remark. I thought was the first really good episode. The one where I'm like, I'm really enjoying this. The, I but I think all of season two. I haven't like. There's nothing that's. They're okay. They're good. I like so the deal, and I like the baby. The baby I shower. Know. But in my opinion, the like the 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 Chinese restaurant is just for me. I'm like it's brilliant. That's where we. That's where we break the threshold of okay. This this show has something more to to offer. Yeah, and I was reading. So in that book, Seinfeld, yeah, they were talking about. Uh, um, the network was very against this episode. Um, it's really unorthodox. It was yeah. It was Warren Littlefield, who is the president of NBC, was confused and thought pages were missing from the script. Because he sure. goes, there, nothing else is happening. They're just in this restaurant. He thought it was, he's like, when is the next scene? And they were like, no, it's going to be the whole thing is going to be in this restaurant, them waiting for a table. And they just, I think they want, they were actually talking about possibly like sh- canceling the show at this point because they were like, you guys got to put more effort into these scripts. Like this, is a, they're just at a Chinese restaurant. That's your, your script. That's what you're, which kind of reminds me of when George goes into the pitch meeting. He's like, no, nothing happens. <laughs> nothing happens. Like... And that's it's it's pretty much like nothing happens, but so much happens in this episode. Yeah, this this episode only is separated by commercial breaks. Like if you watch yeah. this on Netflix, you'll just know where the screen goes black. That's where a commercial was yeah. once upon a time. But if it was like a play, they're literally it's almost like the Breakfast Club where they're in the the, yeah. the detention room for the majority of the movie. But yeah. even there, they they split off, right? Yep. And this one, they don't break out until they leave the restaurant. No, the whole thing is in there. They're all, but I mean, uh, so Larry, apparently Larry David put his foot down. He said, I will quit if you try to change this episode or, or you won't let us air this episode. And they kind of were just like, all right, let him have his way. But they were not happy about doing this episode. And I think it was at the first, the first really well-received episode of Seinfeld. People were like, what is this show? Well, I like the one thing I could be misremembering is that this was the one time where Michael Richards was like, you're never going to do that again. Was it him who said... I'm no, you said that before. It's actually it's like Jason you're thinking Alexander. of Jason Alexander yeah. with the pen. The pen. So this is the first episode that does not involve Kramer because they're still writing him as a sort of a shut-in. He doesn't come out with them. He doesn't come out with them. He doesn't hang out with them. Um, which, this is the one thing that I regret about this. If they could have somehow had Kramer in this episode, I think it would have been even better. I think it's a great episode, but if you somehow... I don't know if it would have disrupted the flow, but they could have fit Kramer in there somewhere and give him something to do. It would have, I think it would have made it even better to have them all there. But yeah, this is the first episode without Kramer. I think with what you know of them thus far in the show, it would be harder to know where Kramer would fit in. But I could see him in like a season five or season six. Like yeah. he would definitely be at in this episode. Yeah, I mean, it could have been something simple. Like, I mean, later on in the uh, the betrayal episode, the backwards episode, you know, he comes in, he's got a snowball, and I'm gonna throw it at FDR. You know, and just like something. You know, like that. He could have just he could have just shown up for a little bit, maybe had a little appearance. But that's the one thing I think would have made this episode even better. But this is just an incredible episode. Yeah, because it's really about the nuances of the the three of them. Yeah, and and, and they all said they they don't have a storyline, and they're like, well, it it's not the most exciting of storylines. But Jerry's storyline is he lied to his uncle. Mm-hmm. We're assuming it's Uncle Leo, I guess, because that's the only Uncle Leo we know. And then he sees the woman from the office, his his de- uncle's office. That's his storyline. 
uh, Elaine's just hangry, as they say. Like, uh, I think she, maybe this is the first uh, hangry uh, we've Reference. ever seen. Yeah, I don't know. Well, they don't say it in there, but it's, it's but basically she's so yeah. annoyed because she just wants to eat. <laughs> and George needs to use the phone to call Tatiana. Tatiana. And those are their three storylines. And I think it was Larry Charles, one of the writers who... Um, this this episode was written by Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld, but Larry Charles, I guess when the network wasn't happy with what they were doing, he sort of pitched it as, well, let's do it as sort of like a ticking clock type thing. Like they have to, these things need to happen because they need to make the movie, right. which makes it a little bit more, adds a little, a little bit more tension. tension. Yeah. yeah, that type of thing, which I guess they went for or whatever, but. Worked. Yeah. No, it's good. The uh, I wrote down the movie, of course, that they're all trying to go. Do you know of see. this movie? No, is it a real movie? It's a real movie. Really? It's considered the worst movie ever made. Okay. This is not plans one through eight. This is plan nine from outer space. The this one is that the worked. The one that worked. The one that worked. <laughs> it is by Ed Wood. Oh. Who do you know who Ed Wood is? Yeah, yeah. The they made Johnny Depp did a biopic about him. He was just like this quirky yeah. director. Yeah, so it was Tim Burton and Johnny Depp made the movie Ed Wood and it was about how he, this Ed Wood guy is just a he was a terrible director. So I've never actually seen Plan Nine from Outer Space, but I've seen Ed Wood, which is a lot of it is making it's Johnny Depp as Ed Wood making this movie. But apparently he just did terrible movies. The the, the effects were awful. They would throw a blanket over a couch and go, we're on a spaceship. Like, it was, like, something, like, you would do with, like, a home movie with a kid. Like, he was just awful. He got Bella Lugosi, who was, you know, a sort of a washed-up actor at this point from past his Dracula era. And um, he kind of connected with Bella Lugosi and started using him in his movies. And um, if you... I, I haven't seen it, the real one, but in Ed Wood, they show it. Uh, he used Bella Lugosi... He was filming another movie, and then Bela Lugosi passed away. So they just took some footage from another movie and just put it into Plan 9 from Outer Space. And it's just Bela Lugosi as this old man in front of a house. And it doesn't fit at all. Like, it doesn't mean he's just like, we're just going to put that in Plan 9 from Outer Space. So I actually kind of want to watch it one day. But uh, if <laughs> Would you go to a theater to watch it? Absolutely, I would, yeah. And get Chinese food before. Well, maybe not. I don't know. Movie theaters now have bed bugs. That's another way to get bed bugs. You've been talking about bed bugs for all day today. Have you seen what's going on in France and England right now? No. Their mattresses are lining the streets. It's an epidemic of bed bugs. Ugh. They're seeing them like everywhere on the transit. How did that happen? Well, bed bugs never like. Ugh. It's giving me shivers. Yeah, they're gross. Um, I think I think I heard something about they stopped using those DDT chemicals. Because all the hippies were protesting them in the 70s about DDTs. So they eventually stopped using them, and then bed bugs made a comeback, and bed bugs are here. Great. That's why I won't. I think about it because movies are. I read a book on how about how to not get bed bugs. You don't go to movie theaters? Uh, movie theaters are one way to get them <sighs> because you're sitting there. So Ooh. this is going to be gross, and this isn't about Seinfeld, but if you're talking about bed bugs, they hide in little crevices and linings usually in the bottom of your mattress yeah and what they do is they 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 sense your body heat and your carbon dioxide that you exhale and the reason you don't know you have them most of the time is because by the time they come out of their hiding place and you're usually asleep often they bite you without you realizing it and then they're gone back into their hiding spot by the time you wake up but they can hide like hotels are a big way to get them Public transit is a way to get them. Movie theaters, it makes sense. You're sitting in the dark. You're you going to become a Kramer. 
You're going to be a shut-in. I, want to be, I might want to be a shut-in. <laughs> it's fine. I took the transit today. I just didn't sit on the seats. I just stood. You're not going to take a plane. You're not going to stay in a hotel. No. No more movies No, you can stay in hotels. You just got to check your mattress. There's a way to check. Interesting. You flip it over and you check the seams and you can see if they have bed bugs. Ooh. Would you check every hotel you go to? Uh, I so huh. in 20, 2007, uh, where I was living at the time, we did get bed bugs. It was a very minor infestation. Like I don't know where we got them, but we had at this point we were young guys going out all the time. Our friends were always staying over. Right. People were, right. when came back from trips of Mexico. They came and stayed at our house before they went home. Like so, we like nowhere. We don't know where we got them, but we had a minor infestation. But I didn't know what it was at the time, so I threw my whole bed away. I slept on an air mattress for like six months because I didn't want to buy a new bed in case I got bed bugs again. So was, I got super paranoid. And there was one night I I, um, I was out with this girl and we got really drunk and we got went to go get a hotel room. And I was like blackout drunk. She told me that I flipped the mattress over and was checking the seams. And she was like, what are you doing? And I was like, bed bugs. You got to check for bed bugs. I don't remember it at all, but that's what she told me. And I was like, that sounds about right. Because I... After we had bed bugs, I was determined to never have bed bugs ever again. Uh, so I bought a book on how to not get bed bugs, and uh, there's that. There you go. Fun, fun factoid: my mic was muted. <laughs> oh, that sounds so like bed bug. The idea. Yes. Yeah, so now I don't want to go to the movies because there's all this talk about bed bugs again. But if you follow the news in France and England, bed bugs. There's mattresses all over the. Streets. So here's a question: If you were to go to the movies, yeah, and whatever you wore there. You put them in the laundry and took a shower. As soon as you come home, right in the laundry. Don't sit down, don't do anything. Clothes strip naked, right in the laundry. What if it's in the laundry bin? No, no, no. Into the washing machine. All right. Okay. (laughs) Okay. No bed bugs. No Uh, bed bugs. (laughs) I did this for you. I was on the way to your house. I I I I, can't bring bed bugs in your house. I appreciate (laughs) it. Do you ever worry about what, like, both of us being dog owners, that the dogs might bring it in? No, the, you don't get bed bugs from dogs. You can get fleas, but the I give my dog flea control stuff. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, getting into this episode, <laughs> George. <laughs> I what are we talk, talking about? Seinfeld. We're talking about Seinfeld, Chinese restaurant. Uh, George comes into the restaurant, talking about the fact that we need more garbage men. Speaking of bed bugs and yeah. throwing mattresses out instead of police, crime is never going to change. What I want to see is garbage men. On every we're never, yeah, we're never heard of crime. Let's at least be clean. Yeah. <laughs> Jerry wants to combine the jobs. I, I think that's a great idea. And the it's cops true. would never go for it. But yeah. see cops standing around, you're not doing something, grab a broom. See a crime, boom, stop it, right back to sweeping. <laughs> and when my my favorite part of this episode is what I was saying to you before was, uh, I don't know if you caught it, when Elaine says, you should run for mayor. He goes, ah, nobody listens. Yeah. Do you see George's face? He looks, it looks like he's looking at his friend. Like, my <laughs> friend, he has this, like, look of admiration on his face when Jer- Jerry says that because he genuinely finds him humorous yeah. in that moment. I love that. That's the thing with, with this episode. There's so much more to. He likes hey. Jerry's ideas about that. He likes Jerry's idea of having moving walkways all over the city. Yeah. <laughs> he, he admi- Why don't we try it? We never try anything. <laughs> That's right. Um, the longest you would wait for a table, what would that be if you went to a restaurant? What's the longest you've waited? I don't know. Like uh, when I was younger, I'd definitely have more patience and do that. But now I, 
I don't even know, man. I'd rather just go to Skyburger and scarf one down. <laughs> <laughs> What's the limit? If you go somewhere, let's say Friday night, Saturday night, and it's seven thirty prime time, seven thirty to eight. Everyone's starting to hit the restaurants. It's hard to say. I don't go anywhere and do anything anymore. Well, you work in a restaurant. I have no patience too, right? for so. anything. Um, I don't know. I, I don't think I would wait at all. I think I would just go somewhere else. So if it's five to ten minutes, yeah, you're done. You know what? I, I took my brother to a popular brunch spot last year. Uh, and they have a wait. There was a wait list, but it was pretty good actually because we uh, you enter your number on their little iPad, and then they just text you when your table's ready. Yeah. So we just went down the street and went shopped at some. We were at like a plant store shopping for a plant while we waited for a table. <laughs> I think it was about ten minutes. So that was pretty reasonable. That's not bad. Yeah, but we weren't sitting in the place waiting like. Right, right, right. We, although uh, I do miss. Because now they just text you for things like that. I, I loved the restaurants that would give you that buzzer thing. Zzz, zzz, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was pretty cool. They still have those some places. Where? If you go into a restaurant in the city, I think they might still have them. Yeah? I, th- I feel like they just text you now. That's true, too. I think we're those things are all phasing out. But, yeah, there was that, that thrill of that thing buzzing. You're like, yes, our table's ready. Yeah, if I ever open my own restaurant, I'm going to do that. I'm going to bring that back. Bring the buzzer back? I'm going to bring the buzzer back. I think the longest I've ever waited was uh, Cheesecake Factory at Yorkdale Mall. But again, you got the whole shopping mall. They just text you when you're ready. Yeah, yeah, It's not that big of a deal. I used to take my dad to Red Lobster on his birthday. He loved Red Lobster. His birthday also fell right around Father's Day. So usually it was Father's Day, which so it was a busier day at Red Lobster. But we would just go and sit at the bar and wait for our table to be ready. And my dad would just complain about how much everything costs, even though I was paying for everything. <laughs> Because he'd be like, oh, the Caesars are $11. We sit at the bar and drink Caesars while we wait, and we love Caesars. And he'd be these are $11 each. I go, Dad, it's fine. I'm paying for it. But he would just complain the whole time. Imagine if he was at a baseball game today. One, oh, yeah, one can, 18 bucks. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that nuts? You go to a Jays game or a baseball game or, or any concert, and like you see someone who's like drunk out of their mind, you're like, are you a millionaire? Like, how many Honestly. beers? Like, I couldn't afford to have that many beers. They're $16 each, these beers. It's insane. It's crazy. My my pal, we went to watch uh, some live wrestling, and he bought me a drink. Very nice of him. And I figured it was going to be like a $20 drink because it yeah. was mixed, right? He had some, uh, what's it called? Whiskey in it. 70 bucks. Yeah. He bought two. They were 35 bucks each. That's insane. It's ridiculous. You're right. You got to be you got to be real well off to, to get Yeah, I'm just like who unless you're just pre-drunk or whatever, but right? you, know, you see those guys who get kicked out for being drunk and you're like well, how much money does this guy spend here? For real. It would it would literally cost me almost $200 to get drunk at a Jays game. Oh like, yeah. <laughs> Easy. Um so George's on the on the fence here of how many people are coming. That's the oh, yeah. big. That's his storyline. You brought up the, the Tatiana. Tatiana, who's his love interest that we don't meet. Uh, we just know her by name. It's the only time you ever hear of her, right? Yeah, I don't think she's ever mentioned again. Well, he didn't call her back, so she's uh, like, it's kaputs. That's it. Um, but who's the real star of this episode? It's the it's the it's the concierge, not the concierge. The major D. The, the major James D. James oh. Hong, the actor. Oh yeah, he's. Amazing in this. Straight face the whole time. He keeps the same expression the whole time. How many? <laughs> the way he gets Seinfeld. How many? Cartwright. Uh, yeah, Cartwright. Cartwright is one of the greatest. But he's. Uh, I know him from. I mean, he's been in a million things. But yeah. I knew him mostly as Lo Pan from Big Trouble in Little China. 
I I think I know him from Golden Child with yes, Eddie Golden Murphy. Child, that's he right. Was in yeah, that yeah. Too, right. I was actually saying I want to rewatch that because I haven't seen that in forever. I remember the Golden Child was Me good. Me too. It was okay. It, it ages. But I liked it. But that's why I want to rewatch and see. But yeah, James Hong, what a legend this guy. I think he's still alive. I think so. I think he's like in ninety something or. He's been in everything. He always everything. pops up. But yeah. This is iconic. Yeah, he's, he. We went back. He's he's in. Uh, he's like stuff in the sixties. He went way back. He's been in sort of everything. Yeah. I think you mentioned this before, but this, as brilliant as this episode is, the uh, the payphone spot yeah. that's in it, it would it's something that wouldn't. Do you think anyone could relate to that today? No, I don't think so. I don't think uh, kids would understand because it's. I mean, the, George's whole thing is trying to get in touch with Tatiana, and today's age, it would just send a text message. It's so funny <laughs> how like the technology completely erases yeah. things that you can tell in a story. I think even for for. People our age, we were. I remember having pay phones like you had to use one yeah, from yeah. time to time. But I watch it now, and I'm just like, man, this is the one thing that throws you out because. What's the uh, What's the name of the restaurant? Did you catch the name of the restaurant? I didn't. They go there a few times in the future in the series, but it's uh, it's on the sign outside. It's Hunan on Fifth. <laughs> when do they go there again? Um, I believe they go there. I don't know. There's a bunch of times they go there. They do go Hunan there. On fifth. Okay. I think they go there with Peterman, actually, in the secret code. Oh, that's cool. But there's multiple times you see it again where they go and it says Hunan on fifth. What's, um, so you brought up hangry. Do they refer to Elena as hangry? No, no, no. I think that's a term that was coined, like, uh, you know, this decade or whatever. I actually think it's really stupid. Sam Noir says it all the time. He's like, I'm hangry. I'm just like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, like, the idea of him hangry. Do you ever get hangry? I think hangry is a real thing. I know, but just the term, the way people say it is really stupid. But it is a real thing. I, I don't get... I If I get hungry, I'm, I'm just like, all right, I'll just wait till I eat. But I, one, one of my friend's wife, my God, she's like Elaine in this. Like, she, you better feed her soon because she starts losing it. She gets really mean. Is that what's the term for that hyperglycemic or something like that? Where a person like gets hangry, just hangry. <laughs> I don't know. She just becomes a bitch, and you're like, I just think, get her some food because she's not gonna be nice to us until we feed her. I think the ladies may get hangry a little bit more than a fellow might. Maybe I it's think very Elaine like. Yeah, but Elaine is definitely. Uh, what's the hungriest you've ever been? That uh, in in your memory where you're like, I'll pretty much do anything for a slice of pizza or whatever is there to eat i um i worked at a place with um the sous chef that worked there was muslim and he was fasting for ramadan oh jeez. and but there was nobody else like i've worked in a lot of places where there's multiple muslim people that all fast together they break their fast together but he didn't have anyone it was just he was the only guy so i i didn't do it all month long but when we worked together i'd fast that day with him you're a good friend. And then we break the fast together. And it's like, it's actually really good for you to do that because it really makes you appreciate what you have so much more. When you can't drink water, you can't chew gum, you can't have a coffee. The like, water thing's a little, that, that that's a lot. But it, it's, I don't know enough about why they do it, but it, it it's important, I think, just for your own mental health to be like, the it, makes you, it really makes you appreciate it. And yeah, you when you I finally break that. that fast, like, oh man, it tastes so good. It must, right? It tastes amazing. 
Yeah, I think uh, yeah. Do you? But when you're that hungry, do you get to a point where it doesn't feel good to eat? Like it almost hurts. No. Does that ever happen to you? No, no. I would as soon as I can. I'm like, <laughs> Please, let's let's eat. Okay. Yeah, I feel you. You on get that. hangry? Are you a hangry guy? Yeah, you I get like get- a lane. I don't know if I get like a lane, but I I would get I would get cranky. It's like I got, I remember one time I was in Spain, and they their their eating schedule is much different than ours. So, the the people who were hosting us were were very kind when we got there. They they gave us a little lunch, nothing heavy, but it came around like our dinner time, and I was like, okay, let's get let's get something going. Like we gotta eat, let's yeah. eat, and. They saw the look on my face. I couldn't hide it. Like, is, is he okay over there? And my wife in Spanish had to tell him, like, he's a little hungry. This is usually his dinner time. She's like, oh, well, we'll stop for a frozen yogurt. A frozen yogurt? That's not going to fill you up. They were going to eat at 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was starving, so I went there and put every possible, like, nut that you can put in a frozen <laughs> yogurt to make it as filling as possible. Up on macadamia nuts? They're like 80 cents a nut. I put macadamia, I put peanut butter. I had to figure out how to say peanut butter in Spanish. Oh, all right. It's really gross, actually. It's not appealing at all. You know how you say peanut butter in Spanish? What? Cacahuete. Icalaca <laughs> <laughs> horses cacahuete. Cacahuete? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it literally sounds like you're asking for shit. Yeah. Like, wait, can I get some wet shit? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that crazy? And my wife was cacahuete. trying to ask for it That's in the so most, fun. like, literal sense. She was saying butter, like mantequilla, like of the peanut, like, Mm. you know, the peanut butter. And they're like, what are you asking for? She's like, that stuff. Like, oh, cacahuete. I'm like, I don't want, (laughs) I don't want that in the frozen yogurt. You don't want cacahuete? I mean, if it's peanut butter, fine. But when they described it, I was like, nah. It literally sounds like you're saying wet shit. It's 100%. (laughs) A fancy way of saying, a sexy way of saying a wet turd. Um, Can I get a cup of diarrhea, please? (laughs) (laughs) I'm so hangry. (laughs) So I like when Elaine calls. So Jerry tells Elaine, like, why didn't you have something in my apartment? Why didn't you eat a snack? She goes, I don't want those. What are they called? Health cookies. Those health cookies, those dry, Mm -hmm. bored, fructose (laughs) things. That's, I think that's funny, too. That is like a 90s thing. There was like health cookies. Yeah. What the fuck is that? It's like, have a cookie or don't. They were dust. (laughs) Have a cookie or don't. Yeah. I love... Um, okay, so George has to get in touch with Tatiana. Um, what else are we looking at? Uh, Jerry says that he lied to his uncle because he wants to see Plan 9 for outer space. He told his uncle he had a stomach ache. That's why he, uh, he couldn't go with him. Health cookies. And then Jerry sees a woman over there. Dark hair, striped shirt. He's driving a mutts. Who is she? Has that ever happened to you? Why? You recognize somebody and you feel like you might know them, but then they definitely know you and you can't place it. That's oh, happened to I me. hate when I recognize anybody or they recognize. I hate talking to people. You see someone from high school or something. I do the thing where I pray they don't come over and talk to me and I hope they do the same. And like, just let's ignore that we saw each other. It happens, it happens then, to me yeah. a, a couple of times. One time at the mall and their face was like, vaguely memorable yeah but they knew way too much about me and yeah. they asked about daff and i'm like you know you're with daphne right you guys went to the prom together i'm like okay why did they want to talk them. to you like if you were uh, if you wanted to talk to them you'd still be friends you see someone from like, way back like no it's a nightmare it's one of the worst things something can happen to you someone's like uh, oh actually we've met before you know what i mean you're like oh I nice to, to meet you all the time oh, no, it's so <laughs> 
but hate some, it. in fairness, some of those people have been on my podcast. And they're like, mm-hmm. oh, nice to meet you. I'm like, hey, man, what the hell? Yeah. Well, my uh, Daphne. I did that to you. <laughs> <laughs> the second time we met. That's right. I was like, Dick. you're like, we, we've talked before for many, many minutes. And I was like, never met you, dude. <laughs> it's nice to meet you now, but you're mistaking me for somebody else. Yeah, I'm, I'm the, the lady in this episode that Jerry can't place. I know them from somewhere. It was funny. We, me and Daph were in um, uh, Blue Mountain Resorts, which is like uh, just north of Toronto here. You can go skiing and they have chalets or whatnot. And I saw a, a colorist, the comic book colorist, Dave McCaig, was there. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I just see him walking in the halls. And I said to my mom, I'm like, I think that guy's a comic book artist. She's like, why don't you say something? I'm like, well, what if it's not? <laughs> but it definitely was him afterwards. But but even if, uh, what do you got to say to him? Exactly. That was the point. He's there with his family. Like, yeah. I just mind my own business. Hey, I recognize you. Oh, cool. That's what it. I, I would just made him Maybe feel uncomfortable. Maybe people are good at that. Some people seem to enjoy talking to strangers or other people. I don't. I, I never want to talk to anyone ever. I don't like when it's done to me, but I, I think I may have the tendency to do that myself. Never. I, oh, my God. If I go to a party or something like that, I just look for people I already know to talk to. I don't want to meet anybody. I don't want to hear their fucking story. My wife wears sunglasses, a hoodie, a yeah, toque on, on the train. Just She's trying her best to be incognito. It just makes nice. her look more <laughs> like, <laughs> what's the opposite of incognito? Cognito? <laughs> yeah, inconspicuous? Conspicuous? Yeah, she's, she becomes more conspicuous, but she tries so hard to be like, I don't want no one to see me. <laughs> um So yeah, Jerry's going crazy trying to recognize this lady. Can't remember the name. And then George is fighting with the payphone guy. Did you find this bit funny, or did you? Feel- I like it. I like it. Although, like we said, it's dated. You know, uh, no one's. Used- if someone had a phone, they the text message would fix this whole problem for George. But for the '90s, he's waiting for the payphone. Do you recognize the guy on the phone? No. You know, you know where he's from. Where is he from? Uh, in the puffy shirt, he's the photographer at the hand model uh, when George poses for hand modeling. It's the same guy. Only you would re- you recognize all the that's his that, what did you call the guy that was in the uh, what, what's the episode called where George gives the security guard the chair the maestro the maestro the, yeah what what was the the actor that's in the background you're like that's Kramer's body double standing that's just standing Norman Brenner yeah he's in a lot of episodes he's in the Chinese restaurant when they come in he's by the door that Norman what I'm Brenner is you, you and notice if you look, him every time if you look on the on the we watched the episode the race in the background you know when they said uh, when Hop sings bans Elaine from the the restaurant yeah in the background on the list it says band lists Elaine Benes and Norman Brenner's on there Kramer's body or uh, stand in which is great he's also Ian do you remember the one where where she dates the guy Craig with the ponytail and she meets him on the street and he goes this is my friend Ian. And she goes, hi, Ian. He goes, no, Ian. What episode is that from? Did we cover that it's already? It's the Wigmaster. No, I didn't see that. No, that's season seven. No, but I don't he's, remember that. He's Ian. I don't Norman remember Norman Brenner is Ian. He's also on the, the reality, the Kramer-Peterman reality tour. He complains that he wants another Three Musketeers because they're rather small. <laughs> Norman Brenner's in a lot of episodes. No kidding. Yeah. Every time he was popping up in these ones, like, there he is again. There you see him in the background. And uh, he's just in the background of the Yankees talking to George's secretary. He's just a good, uh, he's a good extra. You're Eat. right. Yeah, all those episodes, he did have yeah, a lot of background. He's in the Chinese restaurant when they walk in. Okay, so this is the famous moment. One of my favorite, like, dialogues exchange is when Jerry says to Elaine, if you go to that table... <laughs> you take an egg roll. 
There's 50 bucks in it for 50 you. 50 bucks in it for you. What would it cost for you to do something like that at a restaurant? I feel like I'd you, do that for 50 bucks. You would do it for 50? Absolutely, I would. You'd go in to fact, you'd be giving them a story to tell for the rest of their <laughs> life. <laughs> what's, the, what's the craziest thing you've done for money? Because everyone always tries to test someone's limit. Like, what will you do for 20 bucks? I didn't do a lot of that stuff, but we had a friend growing up who was terrible with money. And he was always broke. He, the <laughs> second he got his paycheck, he was blowing his paycheck. And he'd be broke until his next paycheck. So he'd get really desperate all the time. And so we'd make him do stupid stuff. To like, We'd like go put your head in that garbage can and we'll give you $5. <laughs> buy McDonald's for you. So like, it was actually pretty mean. But I mean, be better with your money, idiot. Uh, but we used to do stuff like that all the time. But I can't think of a lot of specific things. But I wasn't the guy. I wouldn't do it. But... For fifty bucks, I go to their, I put my face in their soup and blow. <laughs> <laughs> the next time we go to a restaurant, yeah. Do you think if I if I said for fifty for a free meal, I'll pay for your meal if you go to that table over there, just take an egg roll? Yeah, sure, I guess. People, you know what? If you go to the right table, yeah, they would probably know the joke. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. I, I don't know. It's this is like this is this show's been off the air for twenty five years. But I'm saying you got to pick the age bracket. All right. right. This episode we're talking about is literally 31 years old. People our age would know it, though. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, maybe, yeah, they yeah. would know, like, is this but a they Seinfeld also bit? probably don't know Seinfeld as well as we did. No, Although the Chinese restaurants were The Chinese more restaurants are classic, episodes. though. But, uh, yeah, I like the cheap. George is always the cheap. What would it? you do it, George, for 50 bucks? I'd put my face in their <laughs> soup and blow bubbles. <laughs> I, I bet he would, too. Yeah. Um would you <laughs> I like when Elaine act that's the fun thing about this episode is that they take their time with it there's yeah. nothing that needs to get rushed so when Elaine goes to that table it's a pre-recorded it's not actually her talking to her teeth right Cause no, it so because no it, because it, it is confusing because you're like is it, is it her thoughts but she's actually supposed to be talking but she doesn't move her lips she's no, just she's, 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 talking, she's, through talking through her teeth but the whole table, like when they respond, it sounds like Larry Davis. Like Larry, Larry David's David, there. He's like, "What? What did she say? What, what? Is he at the table? You don't see him at the table, but, but it's definitely him going. Yeah. You hear his voice go. What, what? What did she say? Yeah, that's what I thought. No, I, I like that they take that time for even for her to even go back and be like, I offered them twenty five bucks and they wouldn't do <laughs> it's it. Pretty funny. Yeah, I know it was good. Did Gandhi get this hungry? <laughs> <laughs> who Who was more embarrassing of the friend at this restaurant? If you were Jerry, would it be George? Who throws a tantrum over the phone, or Elaine, who's just flipping out at people? I think hungry. Elaine is very embarrassing. Her trying to, when they talk about greasing up the the maitre d to get a table, give him twenty bucks, <laughs> and she's like, "It's a guy thing. Oh, the women's movement just can't find any uh, progress <laughs> in the in the world of bribery." So she goes and does it. That's it's so embarrassing the way she does it. She just. Throws the money down and then he, <laughs> he turns the book. He, he turns to... the page. What's your name? <laughs> <laughs> no, here, take this. Take this money. If as as a restaurant person that works in a restaurant, is there any value of a person who's a regular? Because there's a couple times in this episode where Mr. Cohen comes in. I love Mr. Cohen. I like Mr. Cohen too, but you um, can see that Mr. Cohen has a rapport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. with the maitre d. Um, I mean, in real life, I think it's usually just first come, first serve. Like, people don't really. But, I mean, we get a lineup at my place. And, like, you know, there's people that are well-known. We, we let them skip the line and go ahead if they're. Yeah, so I guess there is. But um, Is there any chance that we could slip the maitre d' at your place to 20? 
Oh, I'm pretty sure my door guys. Well, like my place becomes more of like almost at night. It becomes almost like a club, so we get a lineup. And but I, I'm pretty sure my my door guys get greased up quite a bit and let people in. For sure, they do. <laughs> what was the last time that you bribed somebody at the door? We used to do that when we go out to clubs and stuff. We'd never get there early. We get there's a huge line, and we'd all throw in twenty bucks, give the guy a hundred bucks to just skip the line. We do it all the time. Worked every time. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you go and you wouldn't slide it to him like fold it up and like hand it to him. Like you, we go over and go, "Hey, man, what's it gonna cost to get us in?" You go, "Give me a hundred bucks for five of you." We all throw in twenty bucks and get in. Better than waiting outside in the cold. Like an idiot. Absolutely, yeah, for sure. Uh, have you ever tried to bribe the doorman at roller derby before? <laughs> I almost got arrested. <laughs> Uh, no, I don't think I've ever been to a roller derby. I have to say, I think Mr. Cohen, he's he has one line or like two lines or whatever, and he's in it for less than a minute, and he's one of my favorite one-off characters ever. Because uh, he's so well-defined. Like, you've seen that guy before when in your he life. he walks in, and he's got... It's clearly he's wearing like a toupee. <laughs> hey, what stinks in here? <laughs> <laughs> I die every time, and just... The Mater D's reaction, just, oh, Mr. Cohen, oh, so funny. You, you, you want a table? <laughs> He's I so happy to no, see him. No, just bring the food here. I'll eat. <laughs> you haven't been here in a while. I've been looking for a better place. <laughs> He's so good. He's a piece of work. Yeah, he's a beauty. So we used to work. I used to work at a drugstore when I was uh, in my early 20s. Uh, me and my friend who were Seinfeld fans, uh, we worked with our, our assistant manager was a, name, a guy named Fred Cohen. And every time he came into work, we would go, Mr. Cohen is always here. <laughs> um, he's I, a nice man, live on Park Avenue. Yeah. <laughs> what does that mean, he's, he's always here? It, yeah, and as, and as the, the episode moves on, you can see Elaine get more and more nervous with every person who walks by. But I skipped a portion. Because we talked about Tatiana, and you don't know much about her. Yeah, he doesn't want to say it in front of them, but Jerry gets out of him when Elaine goes off to walk, look her at other dishes in the restaurant and see what they're doing. Yeah, order. to look at the menu to so save George herself tells time. us, uh, what is he, he was in a, he, he was being intimate with Tatiana for the first time. They went back to, to her fool place. around, yeah. As he puts but he it. started feeling, what is it, an impending intestinal requirement? <laughs> <laughs> Such a clever way to say. I don't, to I don't love shit. this. This feels like really early Seinfeld where they're trying to write very clever, and yeah. it just comes off as a. It's not as natural as they they do it later, but it's like it's funny. But I don't think it's that. It's still, you think the writing, like trying to write a joke like that, is a little pretentious. Yeah, it's them trying to be clever, and I I don't know. But it, I mean, it is funny. It's, again, it's like sort of talking about the thing without saying what it is exactly. You know, like instead of saying. He had to take a shit. He's an impending intestinal requirement. Has this ever happened to you? Um, where where it doesn't have to necessarily be this, but like bodily functions were like as fun as this would be. Oh yeah. This is this is more of a pressing matter. Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure, but I I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. Don't as keep track. As, I'm not as embarrassed as Costanza. I'd probably just be like, yo, I'll be right back. Right. Yeah. That's all you got to do. You just let me handle some business. Yeah. Um. But George, yeah, George is a beauty. He has to make everything a thing. <laughs> what? I don't know. I, I try to decide if I want to say this on the podcast. <laughs> I I definitely was in my old apartment. I was when I was single, and I would you know sometimes hook up with girls. There was a girl that came to my place, 
and it wasn't during, but it was after, you know, we had our thing. And then uh, she went to the washroom, <laughs> and I could hear her take just the biggest, grossest shit. <laughs> just like a very audible, like. <laughs> and I remember being very turned off at that point, just being like, oh my God. What is it like? And which is so hypocritical, because I probably do way worse. But Would you return the favor at her house at least? No, I don't think I ever called her again after that. I think it was like, that was. I it was just like, left an impression. That was, yeah, it was like, it sounded like a trumpet in there. Shout her like, out. <laughs> <laughs> Let's send her a shout out. No, no, why are you out of your mind? <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, is there any point. Not my current girlfriend. No. <laughs> I'll say that right now. Is there any. Is that like the, the, the end all be all for a lot of like dating situations where it's like. I heard you take a nasty shit way too early. <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, my <laughs> my girlfriend, we live together now. She's definitely heard me be pretty gross, but it I mean, has to happen. Yeah, so I think there's a level of comfort and stuff. But I mean, I just remember this one specifically stood out. I just remember being like, <laughs> "Oh man," <laughs> as everything. I'm like, "Jesus, I wish I couldn't hear this right now." <laughs> Better after than before, I guess. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I would have been like George. I would have just been, I would have just left. <laughs> Cartwright. Um, do you remember the four different people that get ahead of them or the names that he shouts out before? Um, uh, I know there's, there's Mr. Cohen. Mr. Cohen. Uh, there's a table of two. I don't remember the name. I remember that when Elaine tries to bribe him, and then she thinks they're calling the table, and then he calls Dennison for yeah, which annoys me because if you notice, it's the lady that stole the phone from George. Uh-huh. That's her party too. So not only she steal the phone from George, she also got to go in ahead of them, even though they paid him twenty bucks. I love what a spaz George is in this episode over that payphone. He's right though. He was waiting, but when but when the gentleman who was making him wait walked yeah. by. All puppy. Yeah. He's all hey, no problem. <laughs> Sorry, no problem. it takes a <laughs> What kind of a society do we live in? You know, we're in? living in a society. <laughs> I love it. He says that somewhere else in the series, too. And uh, I love when he says that. We're supposed to be living in a society. So, <laughs> <laughs> have you ever had a tantrum like that? Uh, probably. I freak out all the time. I know. I've been freaking out. When I drive in the city, I feel like yelling at every single person they have a new light right now right before bluer in spadina okay and it just slows everything down and all you saw today were city workers and i was in a george costanza kind of move where i wanted to get out of my car and, and speak to everyone you say, drive downtown yeah oh my god it's a nightmare total nightmare you can't get anywhere in the city no you know that meme it's like Toronto is an hour away from Toronto yeah it's true like anywhere you try to go it takes you an hour to get anywhere like it's nuts I I don't do it often but every now and then my wife will share the comment section with me on Instagram yeah and there was this uh, I don't know if it was a meme or for one of what was one of those like scientific predictions that in 2195 uh, a comet is you know on its way to hit projected mm. right and the first comment said and eglinton will still not be finished <laughs> yeah <laughs> well that's the meme i shared the other day it was like i can't believe they caught the guy who killed tupac and they still haven't finished eglinton yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's so tr- it's, it's crazy true. it's insane our city is insane and it makes it, it 
it makes it so difficult to like the appeal to do anything like going to a Chinese restaurant becomes like the biggest headache in the world. Yeah, everything. Now you got to worry about bed bugs. <laughs> Back to the bed bugs. Don't sit on the TDC. Don't we've, even go on the TDC. I'd prefer, I'd rather not. I I'm at the point now where if we've got a night out in the city and we're going to, you know, eat or drink or something, I just said take an Uber. Screw just it. Just take an Uber. It's just the best way to go. It was. Well, we went to the Wu-Tang concert, did the Uber thing. So good. Yeah. Peace of mind. Such a great peace of mind. I almost Uber everywhere now instead of taking t- transit, which I'd love to take transit more, but it's just such a night. You never get where you're going. Do you find that it's it's back when, back in our day, back when before they had the, the extended car? Where it this was used a, to be all orange groves <laughs> as far as the eye can see. Right. <laughs> we used to take the but even the the like uh, the 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 train itself. Ever since it's been like one long train, I feel like you're stuck with crazies even more than when you were just in a cab. No, but that's better because you can just walk farther away. But they, the I, old subways, if you were on that car, like you can't get very far from that. But guy. you could get out of that car, and then that guy's in that car, and that was it. Now I feel yeah, like I that guy can walk back and forth, and it's like you're always. No, I like it being open. I like it. I like being able to walk the whole train length. It feels it feels more less or less claustrophobic at times when the train's packed, but I feel like there's more accidents and, and crazy things happening on the train these days, don't you? Or was it always like that? It's probably more because they just keep cutting like access to mental health care in Toronto and funding for our hospitals so they just have crazier people on the streets. We live in a time where COVID and everyone's getting evicted and rent prices are through the roof. There's just homeless, mentally ill people. Just, we're doing less to help these people. So they're just riding the train. Like, where else it, are they going to go? It does feel that post that, it felt like there's a lot more people yeah. out there. And in before when you were in the city, yeah, you would see a lot of it. But now going further north, you see a lot of more camps and tents. I'm like, oh, that's everywhere. everywhere. Tent city. Yeah, it's it's true. Dude, every time I ride this subway, it's, there's just some guy screaming. Oh, he's like, every time I go, I'm just like, it's just part of the course. You get on the TVC, someone is going to like be screaming or doing something or just being out of their mind. Yeah. And you just go, yeah. Better stay off the subway these days <laughs> yeah. if I had the choice. Um, uh, do you remember another time in Seinfeld? So when George is with Tatiana, he has to leave while they're being intimate. Do you remember another time in the series where George leaves uh, in the middle of an intimate moment? I remember when he's eating sandwiches. Yeah, there you go. Is that the one where he yeah. goes off the side and has a little snack? Yeah, that's the episode The Blood. I think that's season eight, maybe nine. And uh, he's with Tara, and she lights the vanilla incense. But... And he started getting hungry in the middle, so he leaves. Do you remember his excuse that time? No. You Didn't he that? keep it in the drawer by his bed? No, no, that's later. But he in the the first time she lights the vanilla incense, and he goes, mmm, cream soda, <laughs> vanilla. He just leaves. He was so hungry, and he comes to Monks, and he goes, uh, she goes, what did you say? And he goes, I totally only had a bus transfer that was only good for another hour. <laughs> so he just left. And then he's eating pudding. That's where he does the pudding skin singles. And then he's eating in bed. He's eating the sandwich, listening to the game. Only Costanza. The trifecta. He's got to shit. He's got to eat. <laughs> yeah. And then that's what Jerry notes. says in this episode when he's talking about the his in, impending intestinal requirement. This could only happen to you. <laughs> yeah. It's another in the long line of George Costanza's toilet problems. Uh, which, do you have a favorite 
I, I think my favorite is the fact that he takes his shirt off. That always oh. makes me laugh. I mean, there's there's so many, but I absolutely I remember being a kid watching that episode. I think that's the gymnast episode in season six, when he comes out of the bathroom with his shirt off, and I just went, "Fuck, this guy's the best. This is so good." I mean, that's also the one where he eats the eclair out of the garbage. So it's just like that's a great Costanza episode. Um, I don't know. I do like. Uh, I think it's in the next episode, the bus boy, when he. Uh, it's the first time you're seeing him talk about how he knows every good toilet in the city and where to go, and Jerry's testing him. That's right, that's right. We'll talk about it next week, but that's in The Bus Boy. That's the first, like, uh, I, just, I love his obsession with that stuff. He's talking about this, like, what did they do for toilet paper in the Civil War? <laughs> oh, you know, my favorite George toilet moment is it's in the, in the postponement when he's engaged to Susan, and he's talking about, Making the he goes why don't the floors in the bathroom stalls go all the way to the ground, and then she's like so that you can see if someone's in there. He's like isn't that why we have locks? She goes well it's a backup system. He's like that's not a system. That's a complete breakdown of the system. <laughs> <laughs> and then she wants to change the subject, and he's like how am I going to marry this woman? She doesn't, she doesn't have no she doesn't have the same interests as me. Costanza, what interests a are toilets. It's, it is good to have a friend, though, who would know all the right places to shit in the city. I will say Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah. Sperry Rand Building. <laughs> Lincoln Center. The Met. Alice Tully Hall. <laughs> we'll get into it next week. But <laughs> I'm uh, trying to remember all the good spots. That's how Kramer gets the job at Leland, Brant Leland. That's he right. recommends the toilet. Flush like a jet engine. <laughs> <laughs> um, we finally do get in touch with, not in touch, but... Tatiana he, he does. He gets the phone. He calls Tatiana. Yeah. Leaves a message. Tells her he's at Hunan on Fifth. Yeah. And, and uh, to ask for a short, stocky, bald man with glasses. And she does end up calling. Apparently. Yeah. And he does call out Costanza. This is this is probably my favorite scene in the episode. It's one of my favorite scenes ever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he calls Cartwright. It's funny because when they're talking, you see George. They go cart ride, and George looks at him, but like goes like, yeah, like I'm not cart ride. That's not me. Um, and then he goes and checks with them, and he goes, uh, "Did anyone call for Costanza?" Yes, yes, they just call. I shouted I, out. I yelled cart ride. <laughs> was it Costanza or cart ride? Yeah, yeah, that's right. I said, <laughs> and what did she say? I told her you're not here. And I hung up. And he goes, "Oh," <laughs> and he's like. She said, I told her you're not here. She said, curse word. I hang up. <laughs> the way he says it is so funny. And then when he comes back to Jerry and he's like, she called. He called up Cartwright. Who's Cartwright? You're not Cartwright. I'm Cartwright. You're not Cartwright. <laughs> I know I'm not Cartwright. But the way he says it, he goes, who's Cartwright? I'm Cartwright. But you're not Cartwright. <laughs> uh, every time it kills me. It, it, it does. It, it works. And the thing for people that are listening along with us that don't remember this, like they never change scenes in this episode. No. Like they don't even go barely go into the restaurant restaurant part. This is all. Yeah, the, the only part is when Elaine goes in and talks to the table. Otherwise, they don't. They don't really leave that the the what the, the lobby. Yeah, that's it. Just the the entrance of the restaurant, the, the where you would the, the waiting area. Yeah. Um, what do we? What's left? What are we missing here? Where does this end up? Because by the time he says Cartwright, George has given up. George, he does. He loses his appetite. Doesn't yeah, want to go meet with Tatiana. 
Elaine's going to go to Scarf, Skyburger, Skyburger, Scarf One Down. She doesn't want to watch the movie no more. But Jerry's suggesting they get the food to go, and she's like, we'll eat it in the cab. It's like Chinese food in the cab. He goes, we can eat at the theater. She's like, what do you think they got? Picnic, picnic tables? tables? She's so and mad. just to see popcorn. Or, uh, why doesn't she want to eat a movie hot dog? I forget. I'd rather <laughs> lick the food off the floor. <laughs> I love how, how upset... Uh, an angry or sorry how funny and angry Julia Louis-Dreyfus is like she just yeah, she's, she's the snap to yeah. it it's perfect Jerry ends up he goes I just saw I guess I'll just go see you. oh we uh we, we find out who Jerry's uh the lady is that's right she finally encounters him it's do you remember her name Lorraine Lorraine Catalano Lorraine Elaine <laughs> yeah that's why I remember it I yeah. like that move because um, they try it in the, the, the Malva episode, the Junior Minute, where he's trying to figure out the girl's name. But I do that with people where I go, I don't know this person's name, but I've talked to him too many times that I Should I, I can't them. ask for his name. So introduce yourself and get the name. You know what I mean? Like that's how you got to. You do have it. to. Yeah, it's a good friend. Um, so he finds out. Yeah, she works in his uncle's office. They never and say I, Uncle Leo. Though. They don't say Uncle Leo. He says his uncle. His wife, then my sister. It's the one time he really break, breaks down his family. Does he ever refer to his sister again? No, it's the only mention of his sister. George twice mentions he has a brother that's never seen. Jerry has a, mentions a sister in this, and then it's never mentioned again. I always feel like George is the only child. So is Jerry. He's such a special boy. Yeah. His parents love him. Like, he doesn't have a sister. There's no sister mentioned ever. In real life, he's got one. In real life, he does, yeah. But, I mean, he's very treated like an only child. Even Costanza. I feel Costanza... No. He mentions his brother. His In in the suicide episode, he says his brother impregnated a woman. <laughs> uh, name, I can't remember the name. And then uh, <laughs> in the parking space one, he goes, I can never pay for parking. My father couldn't pay for it. My brother can't pay for parking. So that's the two times, but you never see a brother, and it's never really mentioned. Mm. Um, Elaine, Elaine has a sister, and they, they do talk to her because uh, her nephew gets the picture of that's her right. nipple. That's right, that's right. <laughs> but I guess Kramer's an only child, too. Kramer, Jer Jerry, and George are all only child. Children, only children. But they they have siblings they refer to, so they can't be. I think it's just a continuity error. I think they were just... They probably said sister because Jerry has a sister in real life and they were basing it on... And then I think they were just like... Ah, it'll, That's it'll the only time she's ever mentioned? Never mentioned again. Never, mm. never, Obviously never seen. Interesting. I thought this was interesting. Uh, uh, staff writer Spike Fierston... This is off Wikipedia. He later said that the host calling George Cartwright instead of Costanza is a reference to the show Bonanza. Bonanza rhymes with Costanza and the main characters in the, in the show are the Cartwright family. Mm. I've never watched Bonanza. That's well before my time. But James Hong, who's the Mater D, was on Bonanza, which is crazy. His, That's his cool. resume goes back so far. He was in Bonanza. That's cool. I like that. I like that. Yeah, that was pretty good. Um, ultimately, the whole evening is a bust. Everyone goes their own way. Yeah. Five to ten minutes, twenty minutes, and they, you know what's funny is that the five to ten minutes is is pretty much what they were in that episode i love when he uh, tried jerry tries to get the money back from the mater d from elaine's failed bribe attempt and he goes uh see that girl over there he's oh very pretty girl because yeah. <laughs> your girlfriend he goes well i actually we did date for a little bit. Goes, relationships are hard it's very hard to stay together and then he goes how long is it gonna be well, five ten minutes and then when jerry's face when he comes back and he goes what did he say? He says it's going to be five, ten minutes. <laughs> it's so good that it's the callback. But 
and the episode only being 20 minutes, 22 minutes in real time, this yeah. is the one time I feel like an episode, there's no time lapse where it's the next day. Yeah, yeah. Right? Well, this is all just one scene. Well, I mean, I, the parking garage is kind of like that, right? They, it's all in one shot there. That's true. But they do break scene where they split up. It does cut up. back to later where they're like, it's an, an hour later or whatever. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Whereas so. this one is literally like a 20. Yeah. And, and the patience that they had was. Yeah. Thank God Larry David threatened to quit if they wouldn't air this episode. It's Yeah, it's something special. Like they, I, don't, I can't think of anything that's like it in another no. television show. No, that's why this show's great. It, bro- it broke the mold, man. They... I think it's important because to have someone like like Larry David who was like, I'm so crazy. Like most people just fold and bend and go whatever the network wants to do. Okay, let's just change this because the network says it. And Larry David just was like, no, I'll absolutely just quit. And he had nothing else going on at the time. He just he was just like, it's this such or nothing. George, such a George thing. Such a George thing, yeah. All right. I like, too, when they're in season four, when they're talking about pitching the show and George is talking about the show about nothing. He's like, remember that time when we were in the Chinese restaurant? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, it's kind of because this was based on Larry and Jerry waiting for a table in in L.A. for a Chinese restaurant. That's how they came up with the idea for this episode. I'm telling you, you got to make something out of that day that you went to the movie with your brother. (laughs) It's so funny. I I like in... um, Is it... Oh, it's in... Is it in The Maestro? Or is it the postponement where uh, when Kramer spills the coffee on himself in season seven, they're going to see Plan 9 for Outer Space. He sees a poster for it, and Jerry goes, hey, you know, I was supposed to see this uh, with George and Elaine years ago, and we never ended up seeing it. So him and Kramer go to see it, and that's where Kramer spills Uh, the cafe latte on himself. There you go. Okay, okay. It's pretty cool callback to this episode. Yeah. And it's cool because Kramer, he's telling Kramer about it, he's like, Kramer wasn't there for this episode. Right. That's cool. That is a nice callback. All right, dude. You've been talking about this episode for a minute. I love it. What are the giddy-ups? Uh, okay, I'm going to give it a nine. Wow. They solely that because it doesn't have Kramer. That's the main problem with it. But it's a great episode. It's such a great, classic, important episode, I think. And the first, I think... Up to this point now, it's the first really great episode. Yeah, it's pretty undeniable. It's for even just the reference points throughout the rest of the show, what it did as far as like what people could see a sitcom, what it's capable of doing. It gets a nine. For for an episode where everyone's going, nothing's happening in this episode. So much happens. Like not a whole lot of action, and but. The scenes that have, there's so much just classic. It's good not material. so consequential in storyline, but yeah. it tells you a lot about character. Yeah, which is just a, I mean, once upon a time, that's what was really good about sitcoms was yeah. the character building, the things that you could count on, and this really establishes those things. You get to know them because how how better do you get to know people? What irritates you about a person yeah. than having to wait? Yeah, with them. Well, I mean, that's I mean, See I always say things like how you get to realize who people truly are yeah is to just experience it because if so if so say you go on a date with someone and i uh you know the girl's like tell me about yourself i'm not going to tell you <laughs> that i'm cheap that i'm this that i'm, I'm going to try and paint this picture of me as Absolutely. making it as good as i can but 
watching how I pay the bill and tip or watching uh -huh. how I hold the door for you or whatever it is like, that's what tells you who this person really is. So exactly. That's why, so absolutely waiting stressful times is how you see who this person really is. Seeing people get ahead of you for something like that, that moment of how did they get in before us and yeah. seeing that flip, that switch flip in a person. Yeah. Everyone's got that. These are, these are the oh, character yeah. builders. I mean, this is why it rings the, the show rings so true to me all the time, and I love it so much. Is like, I I agree with all these little <laughs> they call it the minutia of life, where it's these little things. Says, why does this person get away with that? Why don't? Why are people so stupid? Why do they do it like this? Yeah, no, this is a perfect one for that. But my God, James Hong, just he's the star of this episode. He's he says so little and says so much. Just uh, I love him so much. Favorite exchange with him in the cast. Oh, I would say Cartwright for me. Cartwright is great. But I, I absolutely love when he sells Jerry. Very beautiful girl. Very beautiful. Relationships are hard. <laughs> but even just it's the simplicity of every time they go up to him and they go, excuse me, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, what's your name? The way he's, <laughs> How many? Like, oh, my God. It's, it's so good. And it's just so perfect that at yeah. the end. Seinfeld for oh that's it's a the best ending yeah Why, should we tell him now what's the point yeah yeah no, it's there, oh when he goes uh she when she's trying to bribe him she goes how you doing I guess very busy <laughs> whole sea bass special tonight very fresh like oh my god every line he says is gold in this episode yeah no they did they, no. they got it right Mr Cohen oh the, the best thing he says is Mr Cohen is just for me personally we we used to say it all the time. Every time we worked with that guy, Mr. Cohen, everybody just look at each other and go, Mr. Cohen is always here. <laughs> it's one of my favorite lines in the whole show. Yeah. You yeah, this is Park classic. Avenue. Very nice man. <laughs> What's next? What do we have next? The bus Boy's next? Last episode of season two, The Bus Boy. Ooh. And then Which, we're off to the races. Yeah. Then we hit season three, and season three's good. Yeah. It takes a little bit to get into season three. Like, the, the first two are good. They're good. They're good. Uh, there's no... There's no real big dips. I don't think there's any bad episodes in season three. There's ones that aren't as good, but I think, like, everything is already miles ahead of season two. Like, All right, Bus Boy, one more. One more to go. Yeah. We're there. All right, dude. Bus Boy is actually... I watched it recently, and it's... Uh, it's strong. better than I remember. It's good. It's not great. It's not. It's no Chinese restaurant, but it's good. Yeah, no, it is good. Yeah. Alrighty, alrighty, alrighty. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Bus boy coming how, up next. How many giddy ups did you give Chinese restaurant? I gave it nine. Nine. It's nine it's good. solid. There's just too much there to to ignore. It's um, ahead of its time. It's I don't know if it's hyperbole to say it was cutting edge like it took a chance on something that mm -hmm. like like you said this script isn't finished like oh it is. This is yeah. what it's going to be. And for them to be willing to let them do that. I mean, is it fair to say that technically Cheers took place in a one space sort of thing like that? Yeah, I mean, but I mean, that's where Cheers was set. But they have scenes and other things. Also, I wasn't the biggest Cheers fan, but it was a huge show. So I definitely also Cheers is the reason Seinfeld succeeded because they put it in the time slot after Cheers, right? So that's what saved Seinfeld. But, um, and most of it just takes place in the bar. But there's multiple scenes. There's, I don't know. 
I'm just trying to think of something that's like this without being too like, oh, it's this episode and they're genius. Because is there anything else that was kind of like that? But not to this level. Well, I think it's also, I mean, it's like the the plot and the storylines they have are, I can understand reading that and going, this is really weak. Nothing is happening in this show. Um, and All performance. Yeah, but it's, uh, so I think it is cutting edge in that way. Because, I mean, even Cheers, they have stronger, they probably had stronger storylines to go. Yeah. They did, so, in this episode, they do so much with so little. It's just, and it's, I think the reason it's successful is because we've all waited in a restaurant, waiting for a table. We can all relate to and that. We all will. The frustration, yeah, we all yeah. will. It's like, it's still to this day, you're like, God damn, yes, give me your table. Just let me have my table. Yeah, go eat that spring roll. Even Elaine says it, like, when she does that dialogue about how, like, remember when you would go with your family and eat and it was so special? And, then, and now you're just sitting here like a fat, sweaty hog just waiting for them to fill up the trough. <laughs> you know, like, that's exactly it. That's the exact feeling. You nailed it. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's so relatable. It's true. All right. Uh, everybody that's listening, thank you for tuning in. Rate and review the show. Don't forget to subscribe. Uh, stick with us. We're going through the Seinfeld Chronicles, amongst other things, in the Cave of so- Solitude. Uh, Shane, thank you for the babka. Uh, yeah, and watch out for bed bugs out there, guys. <laughs> there, it's a real threat. For real. Oh, that's so gross. Look it up. There's ways to avoid them. You got the book. Don't sit on the subway. <laughs> or you go to the movies. Don't go sit on the subway. Don't go out. Don't, Don't leave your house. Don't leave your Don't, house. Yeah. That's it. And wash your clothes no every day. No hotels. <laughs> <laughs> Later, everybody. Bye.